brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to SMS, the Slumlord Maintenance School. I would like to start by congratulating you in advance. If you met the qualifications to enroll in SMS, it means that you are already so surly, dismissive, and incompetent that no other maintenance organization or training course would have you. Your lack of hard work, dedication, and interpersonal skills has set a clear career path for you that many can only aspire to. Hold on. You with the balding head in the third row. Your name? Uh, Lester. Lester, would you mind sharing with the class what you're wearing and why? Uh, jeans and a t-shirt teach just like everyone else. Yeah, but what's that thing wrapped around your waist? A belt. My pants were a little loose and kept falling down below my butt crack. Just who are you trying to impress, Lester? Self-awareness goes against everything we here at SMS stand for. Now, normally that would get you a demerit. But since this is your first day and you didn't know, I'm going to cut you some slack and let you off with a warning. Now take off that belt and I hope we don't have to have this discussion again. All right, Teach. Very good. Let's get started. The first thing we like to review is our motto, which also happens to be the best response to a service request you don't know how to fix. We should be using this often, so let's say it together. I know a guy. That was damn near perfect, but someone sounded a bit off. Let's try it again. I know a guy. Wait a minute. Who is that who said the different thing? It is me, sir. My name is Percy. Run what you said by me one more time. Percy. I am acquainted with a fellow. Class, what in the hell is this guy saying? No, he's got the foggiest. Percy, ain't no one can't understand you. You're going to have to get a certificate from Dina's School of Diction before you can graduate from SMS. Moving on. Now I'm going to present a scenario for you, and I want you to try to give me your best response. You get a service request from a lady who just moved into an apartment. She's complaining that her refrigerator is old and smelly and doesn't close properly. What is the best way to respond to her? Replace the old refrigerator with a brand new one. You're kidding me, right? This is the slumlord maintenance school, not the let's waste the landlord's money school. Can someone give me a better answer? Replace the refrigerator with another old crappy one. Much, much better answer. Bonus points if the replacement one is louder, has missing or broken handles and shelves, and it's even better if it trips up all the circuit breakers every time it kicks on. 
That'll teach it a bitch. Remember, landfills are chock full of these babies. We're never going to run out. Now, does anyone want to take a guess as to the best possible answer? Anyone? All right, you in the back. Don't answer her at all. She's a dame. Nailed it. Great job. Females are to be ignored as much as possible. If she's married or has a boyfriend, ignore her completely and talk to the man instead. If you can make her feel totally invisible, you've done your job. If there's no man around and you gotta talk to her, always remember that she is a woman, which makes her an idiot. So make sure to talk to her that way. If she doesn't like it, she can buy her own damn refrigerator or move, am I right? Preach it, brother. (laughs) All right, let's try one more before our first break. Speaking of break, you get a service order for a broken window. What do you use to replace it? Yes? A glass pane. Not a bad answer, but not a great one. Anyone have a better one? Plexiglass. Good. It's cheaper and most people won't notice the difference or care. Does anyone have an even better answer? Cellophane and packing tape. (laughs) (laughs) What's your name? Clyde. Class, do not laugh. Clyde is as close to a genius as we have ever had here. You hit the nail on the head, buddy. The bottom line is we do the BAM here. B-A-M stands for Barely Acceptable Minimum. We will be reviewing BAM over the next several hours as it's going to be essential to your financial success. Remember, you get to pocket the difference. Well, that's enough for the first hour. Smoke break. Grab your camels from the basket by the door. I don't smoke. (gasps) What did he say? Clyde, did you just say you don't smoke? No, never have. You don't smoke anything? Nope. Well, I'm sorry to say, Clyde, that you're not a good fit for SMS after all. I had such high hopes for you. Perhaps you should enroll at Accidental Academy next door. I'll see the rest of you back here in two hours. Class dismissed. Are you feeling politically hopeless? Are you sick of your government telling you what to wear, eat, and believe? They've locked you down, shut you up, and worn you out with their hypocrisy. Now they're weaponizing the IRS, DOJ, and NPCs. If you're finding it hard to stand up for your rights, you need the stress relief of Damn You All. From the makers of Groaset and Enough of This, Damn You All is the new life-changing drug from CCW Labs. With Damn You All, you will relieve yourself of the anxieties of social media. You will find your voice and your spine because you will no longer be bogged down by gainful employment, meddling family, or fair-weather friends. Plus, you'll get out of those harmful endorsement contracts with pedagogues. This powerful combination of deoxyfuside and a proprietary blend of 1776 spices and herbs will have you relaxed, rejuvenated, and ready to react to the ridiculousness of your wretched, retarded representatives, if not the entire press corps of dirty, dirty smear merchants out to get you, your state, and your family unit. It's easy to be called crazy when you're the only sane one in the room. The only way to total freedom is to grab some damn you all today. 
Damn you all should not be taken while operating heavy machinery. Light machinery may be okay, as long as it doesn't involve sharp blades, blunt force, wheels, wrenches, electricity, or paint. Use while operating a motor vehicle may cause you to attempt to fly your car to Barbados so you can make a guest appearance on Alex Jones. Regular use of damn you all may cause circular logic, increased distrust of the government, loss of all your social media accounts, and the impulse to run for office yourself. Reported side effects also include anti-Semitism, loss of honorary degrees, and a propensity for fetish gear. Ask your doctor, dentist, driver, doorman, deckhand, decorator, data clerk, designer, daycare teacher, or dealer about Damuel today. Damuel, Mr. Ye's drug of choice. Tonight on Counterculture Wise, we will discuss the historic <clears throat> vote. In the Circus House, Chuck gives us an update of the world's goings on. We present a new episode of Slumlord University. And, of course, we share plenty of news of the weird and wonderful. Don't go anywhere. Strap in. Here we go. Welcome to Counterculture Wise, a Stormcap production. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts, our guests, and the dog, and do not necessarily reflect the views of any of our platforms, our advertisers, or any other dog. As you listen today, please remember, we are so much more than a podcast. All of our stories we discuss are linked in our show notes on counterculturewise.com. Visit there for commentary, guest photos and links, animations, and fun merchandise. If you have a story idea or would like to be a guest on our show, contact us via our website. You can also follow us on Twitter, Gab, Instagram, Facebook, and all over social media where we'll post memes, cat pics, and commentary that gets us booted off on a regular basis. If you're listening live, be sure to join our chat on Spreaker. If you're listening dead, please stop voting Democrat, but enjoy the show anyway. And with the meows of the Maxi Meow, we start another fabulous Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Here, deep in the heart of Texas, what a week. Oh my goodness, we are only two weeks into the year, and here we are with so much to talk about. I'll get you started off. I am your hostess with the mostest, Ms. Melanie Hope. And sitting in front of me with his big baboo face and his uh, falling out baboo hair and his shiny baboo forehead and his cute baboo mutton chops and his caramely baboo eyes is, in case you haven't guessed yet, my husband, my co-host, and my sweet baboo, Mr. James Amonis. So tell me something, Melanie. If you see a crime happening at an Apple store, would that make you an eyewitness? Uh, Baboo! <laughs> Where do you get these terrible jokes? Well, online, of course. <laughs> Everybody gets so lousy jokes. I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> 
today is the anniversary of the birth date of one Elvis Aaron Presley. Wow. He would have been a million and five years old. No, he was born in 1935. He would have been a million and five pounds. Yeah, there's that. Poor son of a gun. Poor man. Well, he still has quite a legacy. Yeah. And coming up in three days is none other than... Then your birthday. My Baboose Day. Your Baboose Day. <laughs> yes. So we get to celebrate it this Sunday because it's three days in the future. And then we'll get to celebrate it again next Sunday because it'll be four days in the past. So. And, you know, if you want to send me a gift, uh, you know, we could have used some support. Yeah. Just go. Head on over to CounterCultureWise.com. But yeah, you know, before we go any further, drop everything. Oh, oh, wait, wait. I got a button. <laughs> Go go to our store and and buy some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's so many ways that you can support us, and PayPal, unfortunately, is not one of them anymore. But we do have a subscribe star. We have fun merchandise. We're always open for making more. Of course, you can uh, find us on the screw tubes where we don't make a dime, but they still throw ads up there anyway. But I would prefer if you found us on Rumble or bit shoot or even locals so yeah lots of places you can find us absolutely absolutely so Ah. i played i played the uh original idea that we had for slumlord university which was entirely based on a true story even the ideas they came up with from the broken down refrigerator to fixing the window with packing tape and cellophane hand to god literally lived in that mm-hmm. <laughs> that unit pain equals comedy <laughs> telling you it so was... we got a whole series out of that and and uh given that we're still renters we're in a different place now but a better we're still place. renters yeah we're still renters better place. i mean there's seven circles of hell and we're like in six or five so yeah you know a better place than like four <laughs> does it get worse as it gets bigger or better i don't know anyway I don't know. <laughs> I would think the first circle would be the worst because that's the smallest one that's in the middle, right? No, actually, the seventh level of hell is the worst. Oh, okay, so it's levels. It's not circles. Yeah. I thought it was circles. Well, I don't know if they're shaped like circles. I'm not going. Are you? <laughs> seven layers of hell. Mm, like a mm, Seven layer cake of hell. <laughs> I was thinking bur- <laughs> seven layer burrito. <laughs> <laughs> seven layer burrito. Yeah, you eat one of those, your body will go through hell. But yeah. Man, they're good. Oh, my God, they're good. So, anyways, uh, our recent uh, <laughs> <laughs> recent going ons have have spurred yet another episode that we will listen to later. Well, we've had a interesting week. Yeah, us as a nation and <laughs> us as a couple, I guess. Uh, you want to kick it off a little bit, or? Uh, well, let's go ahead and discuss. The vote in the House. And I'm not up on everything that happened. All I know is McCarthy was not... He wouldn't have been my choice. Um, I'm not a Republican, though, so I guess it really doesn't matter what my choice would have been. But it turned into a three-ring circus, hence the, the title of tonight's episode. There was, what, 13, 14... No, 15 votes before McCarthy finally got in. And my initial response was, oh, they flaked out. They, 
you know, they bought in, they, you know, sold out, whatever. Well, I mean, we did have six votes of present. Yeah, which, which was is the their same way thing. Of saying we're not going to vote for him, but, you know, we got to let it go. But I was listening to something today and I found out that it was actually very successful. McCarthy's going to probably be okay as Speaker of the House. Mm. But what happened was. The hardcore conservatives, 20 of them, make up the Liberty Caucus of the Republican Party, struck a bunch of deals as a condition for them to vote for him. Um, Most of them favoring the conservative point of view. The Washington Post, I've got to read the headline, has McCarthy given up his House Speaker powers before he's even won? (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, yeah. I think Uh, he has because there's a... There, I I didn't write everything down for this, but there was some uh, single vote on issues. For example, no no more of these omnibus bills with ominous. Yeah, they were ominous omnibus bills containing over a thousand pages that nobody reads, and they are proud to say they voted on. Yeah, that you know that, that just... that's insane. Um, one person can vote no confidence, which puts McCarthy on the uh, hot seat. Number of other things, but in other words, it's not it's not like it initially seemed to me. And I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm trying to find a comprehensive list of yeah. what he had to give up, but it's like all the uh, all the paywalls are up on all of these, um, and then the ones that are saved are old yeah okay he wins on 15 and then i tried to um read pbs and it is or no it's npr it's so biased it's like where's the story where's the story it's like so um uh they they're talking more about the you know the the drunk Obama on the other side giving his impassioned speech where he goes through the are you talking about jeffries yeah and yeah. they're they're more talking about him than anything. It's like really A the, is for A. Never mind. The, yeah, the guy I'm being nice, I'm being nice. I'm, well, not only that, but the gaslighting is hilarious. Yeah. All right. Uh four days, fifteen ballots. Um that was easy, huh? He joked. I never give up. Hmm. No, he's okay. locked himself. In order in to that. secure the votes required to succeed his fellow Californian Nancy. Why are putting another Californian in there for God's sake a series of compromises uh, fewer than two dozen hardline Republicans will empower the far right of his party this is a Los Angeles Good. time so of course it's really yeah it's probably far lefty. slightly left of Stalin um, but the, 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 the strongest house speakers in America history succeeded by what is likely to be one of the weakest she wasn't she was a divisive witch she was but that, well, I mean, she that was doesn't mean, okay. to be fair, that doesn't mean she was ineffective. She was savage. I wanted somebody in there as savage as her. So we got yeah. milk toast fellow Californian, basically Democrat, never Trumper, but whatevs. Yeah, I think he'll be all right. We'll see. I, I hope mm-hmm. I'm right. And see, maybe when I became the decisive vote. Oh, Gates was the final decisive vote. Yeah, and Gates was the one who was the most hardcore and actually I know it was political theater, but he, <laughs> he uh, started a motion to bring in one Donald John Trump as speaker of the house, because you don't have to be in 
the House of Representatives, you don't have to be a representative to be nominated as speaker. I did not know that until this whole uh, event took place. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to pass a... Where did it go? Oh, oh, it's an actual link to the actual bill. Huh. So I've mentioned this before. Nobody ever calls me out on it. Uh-huh. Uh, all the problems that we have with our government. Mm-hmm. I can fix in two easy steps. Why don't you repeat those steps for the people <laughs> in the in the peanut and, gallery? And they're they're not that hard. The only problem is is the people who would ultimately be in charge of voting for them wouldn't do it because they would lose a little bit of power or mm-hmm. a little bit of money. <laughs> yeah. All right, step number one, go back to the way it was originally where if you have two candidates, and again, we should never have become a two-party system. That right there is stupid, but unfortunately that's what we're stuck with because Americans are just dumb now. But whoever wins, the second runner-up is the vice president. Can you imagine what would have gotten done and how different things would have been if Hillary Clinton was the vice president under Trump? Not only would it have been entertaining as hell, Mm -hmm. but we wouldn't have to still, eight years later, be listening to her shriek about how he's a Russian operative, even though she's the one who paid for the bogus report, but I digress. Things would have been drastically different, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, number one. Number two, no bill can be voted on at all until the entire thing has been read out loud. And only those who were present for the reading can vote on it. Would you make exceptions for people who are legitimately ill or cannot cannot make it? Not choosing not to make it, but... If they're live on... If they're ill, they have a doctor's note, and they're live on, on Zoom or Skype, oh. maybe. Okay. Maybe. All right. I but gotta... I say if you're not able to do your damn job, you're not able to do your damn job. Do I get paid if I don't show up? No. Should I be allowed to vote? On what happens in the company that I work for if I'm not there because I'm sick or feeling sorry for myself or just don't feel like it? No. Yeah. Third, there's a third. Abolish the IRS, 15% flat tax for businesses and individuals, no exceptions, no anything. 10%. We'll compromise. We'll say 12.5%. I don't care. The point is, it's a big bloated bureaucracy. Well, it doesn't matter if it's illegal. The, the fact is, it needs to be abolished. It's it's over overreached its bounds. They've just weaponized how many eighty seven thousand? I didn't know there were that many people applying for jobs with the IRS. <laughs> well, if with all due respect to a friend to of mine who works every, there, every working American, or even those that are on welfare, and say, "Okay, you just voted for this person." who's voted for this bill, so I'm going to take this much out of your paycheck right now, or I'm going to take this much out of your your welfare check right now because that's how much, you know, every taxpayer has to pay. Oh, man, would those people get voted out immediately. Immediately. I know. 
But the problem so is it's nobody, a stand. I, I think some a, a more principled politician can no, take. Nobody sees it. Also, yeah. if if they had to actually take money out of their own bank account to give to illegals, so that they can tell us how terrible of a country it is that they just invaded, if they had to do it themselves, if they had to actually go to their bank account and take money out so that they could send it to the illegal people that are coming just pouring over the border, just pouring. We had more, because I was studying a, a hist- for a history test with one of my students, and the entire year of, um, no, it was, I think it was a 10-year period of us trying to get more immigrants because basically they wanted slave labor, which is the only reason they ever want immigrants. But I think it was like a 10-year period that we were studying uh, back when the Industrial Age first started. Mm-hmm. And we right. were talking about you know Ellis Island and all that. Mm-hmm. In, in that 10-year period, we've had more come into our, our state alone in the past week than mm-hmm. did over that 10-year period. It's unsustainable. And we're not doing them any favors either. No, we're not. I mean, the Democrats basically just want to be able to traffic children and have slave labor. I mean, you even heard what What's-His-Face said, you know, who's going to cut our lawns and this and that. It's like, that is despicable. It's despicable. Yeah. But that's what they want. All right, so... I'm a no on the House Rules package. McCarthy's victory, 15 speaker ballot. Missed the 12 and 13 return to the Capitol. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to find a list of what they had to. Yeah. Um, Somebody somewhere has to have a list. Oh, well. We'll get we'll back to it. it if I. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll research find it. it. We'll, we'll report we'll on it. We'll, People we'll, are just more excited about the fact that we actually conducted, you know, some democracy. I mean, they're, yeah, that's that's a big deal, actually. A this day and about age. It. It's a big deal. And, and they're like, "Oh, it's unprecedented." Good, <laughs> good. I'm sick of them rubber stamping everything. Just everything. Just boom slap, boom slap, boom slap. Money maker go burr. You know, it's, I'm sick of it. It's it's time they actually did their damn jobs. They're supposed to be representing us. Here they are. All right. Jimmy found him. Here are the concessions. Do I have a drum roll? I don't think I have a drum roll. Yeah. The best I can do is... Works for me. (laughs) According to Politico, roll call on the Hill, these are the concessions. Only one House member is needed to file a motion to vacate the chair. Freedom Caucus members, which is the Libertarian um, Caucus within the Republican Party... Freedom oh, they're calling Co- them radical far right. I, I don't care what QAnon. they're calling them. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom Caucus members having a few seats on the House Rules Committee that will allow those members to leverage certain criteria behind voting on the bills. Voting on a bill setting term limits for members of Congress. That's a big one. Individual votes on each of the 12 appropriations bills and excluding earmarks from such bills. A vote on legislation surrounding border security. 72-hour notice from release of legislation before voting on it. A vote on a balanced, 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 but I haven't been drinking. 
a vote on a balanced budget amendment. So those, if you are on our side of the political fence, this is huge. If they actually do it. Well, the the good news is there is a Republican majority in the House. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean anything since there's a lot of rhinos and, you know, closet Democrats in there, but it's a step. I mean, you know, these kinds of things happen gradually um, if they happen at all. So let's just see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what goes on. And I'm sorry we didn't have that ready to roll at the beginning of the show. But. Oh, well. We, we keep promising we're going to be less political, and then we spend the first 30 minutes of our well, show talking and, politics. But this, is, this isn't just anything, yeah, though. This isn't, this isn't Biden being adult. He can do that any day. Um, Why do yeah. you record on him? It's like, hey, I don't, a dumbass. I, the you end. Know, have a nice day. Long-time <laughs> listeners might notice the fact that Biden seldom shows up in our sketches anymore because... It's not, it's not funny anymore. I just don't find him funny any longer. You know, it was... I made fun of him for a year or two, and now it's like, nah, bleh. So we're basically at the leather rinse repeat stage. Yeah, but I mean, that's I, that's I kind about. Of feel sorry for the guy, but I don't not anymore. Well, no, I mean he he was a racist, corrupt moron his entire career. Why they're yeah. pretending like that's new information? I don't yeah, know. Well, but anyway, um, anyhow, that that's that's pretty much all the deep political stuff I want to talk about all right tonight. well let's do some news of the weird and wonderful because this is what this is what favorite. people come to listen to you think so no <laughs> <laughs> no counterculture wise is proud to present news of the weird and wonderful here are your hosts melanie hope and jim monis All right, this first one made it in here just because it's... So we start out with more weird than wonderful, and then we do more wonderful than weird. And I didn't know where to put this one because it's kind of funny (laughs) because they're eating each other alive. So um, HOAs, I mean, one of my favorite things in the whole world. Little little small... Socialist nations that are terrible to each other. So, a Rivian R1T owner, so apparently that's an electric truck, Mm -hmm. is receiving grief from their homeowners association for the grave misdeed of (gasps) parking in front of his own house. My God! I know. Well, (laughs) it's an HOA, and you know how they are. So apparently he is a homeowner in the Western Hills Country Club in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. (laughs) He's all lifting his pinky. Having waited over a year after ordering his R1T, he finally took delivery and began falling in love with his new EV pickup. However, doesn't EV mean electric vehicle? Yeah, it's an electronic. So why would you say electric vehicle pickup? Wouldn't it be an Because EV? they're journalists, Melanie. <laughs> they're modern-day 2023 journalists. Did he know what his VIN number was before he used his ATM card to shrug his shoulders and blink his eyes? So, okay, I'm done now. <laughs> However, the joy of receiving the vehicle was met with frustration less than two weeks later. The HOA notified Gordon that he was not allowed to park his truck in front of his home overnight. Such rules are typical in many suburbs under HOA jurisdiction. Typical rules ban parking pickup trucks or other, quote, 
commercial or work vehicles from being parked outside, ostensibly due to negative visual impact. <laughs> I don't want to see that lower class work vehicle. But it's overnight. Don't these people sleep? Anyway. Um, well, so, I mean, it's a brand new vehicle. Other so. restrictions typically involve trailers, boats, caravans, RVs, and the like. That I kind of get because you don't want to see some big, ugly-ass boat or RV parked out front of your face. I know. Where do you draw the line? So, I mean, I get yeah. it, but... Western Hills has restrictions on parking all these types of vehicles in the open. Instead, owners are required to park them inside garages or otherwise store them out of view. Gordon moved to Western Hills. I'll stick it in my, my swimming pool. Okay. There you go. <laughs> he moved to Western Hills 27 years ago and talked with the HOA to attempt to resolve the matter. He said we will wind up getting fines and penalties until we remove it. They can even lean our house. And that, my friends, is why an HOA is a deal breaker for me. You will not file liens against my property just because you're some little Hitlerian Karen that you know, thinks you have the keys to the celery, so you're in charge to the universe. No cry bullies. Um, so he could potentially lose his house. He was unaware of the rule before purchasing his truck, complicating the issue. He lacks room in his garage to park the vehicle. Well, clean your garage, dum-dum. Ultimately, Gordon wants the rules changed to reflect modern times. The HOA's regulations were written in the 1980s. With, okay, I'm sorry, but the grammar is so bad I can't even figure out what they're trying to say. Um, I'm going to say and. Gordon notes that trucks have become mainstream vehicles for personal use and scent. It's actually a really pretty truck. He points out that such restrictive rules could discourage people from buying houses in the community. Sucks to be him. This could depress house prices. He suggests the opposite effect the rules are intended to have. That's what you get when you have an HOA. Um, of course, the president was unmoved by any arguments. He said, there's no issue with owning a truck as long as it is parked inside a garage and is not sitting outside the house all day long. The HOA president further indicated that Gordon may not have bought the truck if he had read the HOA's rules when he moved in. <laughs> These are people on power trips. Uh, so it looks like it's probably going to head to court. And then they talk about other cases where that happened. And, I mean, this isn't like a big old honking, you know, truck that you hitch a, a, a horse trailer to. It's a really smooth, fancy, foo-foo-looking truck. But the dude has a three-car garage. What in heaven's name? D does he have, like, a meth lab in there? I mean, how much room do you need? Sounds to me like he's a hoarder. Anyway. Which itself would get you booted out of HOAs anyway. Well, there's that too, but, you know. Not if it's inside where we can't see it. All right. This is yummy science stuff. Well, it's interesting in light of, uh, like, certain movies. Mm-hmm. You know, the premise of, of Black Panther, right? Yeah, I watched part of it. So, scientists have identified two minerals never before seen on Earth in a meteorite weighing 15.2 metric tons, uh, or 33,510 pounds. The minerals came from a 70-gram slice of the meteorite, which was discovered in Somalia in 2020 
and is the ninth largest meteorite ever found, according to a news release from University of Alberta. Chris Hurd, curator of the university's meteorite collection, received samples of the space rock so he could classify it. As he was examining it, something unusual caught his eye. Some parts of the sample weren't identifiable by a microscope. He then sought advice from Andrew Locock, head of the university's electron microprobe laboratory, since Locock had experience uh, describing new minerals. The first day he did some analysis, he said, you've got at least two new minerals in there. Heard a professor in the University Department of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences said in a statement, that was phenomenal. Most of the time it takes a lot more work than that to say there's a new mineral. One mineral's name, Eliolite, derives from the space object itself, which is called the El Ali meteorite since it was found near the town of El Ali in central Somalia. And heard named the second one. Bear with me, folks. Elkinstantonite. Elkinstantonite. After Lindy Elkins Tanton, Vice President of Arizona State University's Interplanetary Initiative. that guy from Seinfeld. <laughs> no. Elkinstanton is also a Regents Perfector in that Professor in that university's School of Earth and Space Exploration and the principal investigator of NASA's coming, upcoming Psyche mission, a journey to the metal-rich asteroid orbiting the sun between Mars and Jupiter. Wow. That's going to be interesting. That is fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's also a very long article, but remember all of the links to all of our articles Archived, of course. Didn't we just have coffee less than two hours ago? <laughs> I just brushed my teeth and I can't do a thing with them. <laughs> yeah, well. Anyway. Yeah. Ooh, cool. You turned my lid. I went to take a sip and my the, the, the sippy hole was on the wrong side of the lid and I couldn't find it. Well, we're not going to have if domestic that, squabbles over such things. If that made sense like, to anybody out there. Uh, I don't know you. if it made any sense to anybody in here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this one was um, weird. Creepy? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I mean, uh, Ali Al-Sarim Air Base Kuwait. Army Veteran Technical Specialist? What does Specialist? Is that Specialist? Uh, um, let me check. SPC period? Army yeah, specialist. Okay. Joseph Neitz shined the ultraviolet beam of his black light on the desert sands, yielding a fluorescent turquoise glow that confirmed the presence of his quarry. I like it when they write it like a story. The scorpion-hunting former marine had encountered one of the world's most dangerous species of the stinging arachnid. That the Arabian fat-tailed scorpion did not run away. Instead... It raised its pinchers and arched its venomous tail at Neitz as if to challenge him. And that's when I stepped on him a hundred thousand times. Neitz gestured a fellow hunter who donned protective gloves, grabbed the tennis ball-sized critter, nope, 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 with metal tongs and placed it in a plastic container. Plastic? Initially, we went out to do a population estimate, but then we found that there is a significant number. <laughs> who started the scorpion hunts in May? Troops captured at least 300 of the creatures at the base over those six months. Neitz hopes the military will supply anti-venom, <laughs> you hope, to the base after seeing the data. 
The base does not have the antivenom because of a belief that the scorpion population there had diminished over the last five years, he said. People stationed at Ali al-Salem Salem, have gone on some 100 hunts since this spring. It's in Kuwait, it's Salam. Salam, okay. Mm. The nighttime journeys into the desert attracted hundreds seeking to bag a scorpion or a camel spider during their tour in Kuwait. So the camel spider are those gigantic ones where they show them holding, hold, holding them up. and I mean, they're mm. absolutely freaking huge. So many, in fact, that there's a wait list for the hunting parties. City Air Force Staff Sergeant Adam Guzman, a public health technician and fellow leader of the hunts. During the humid summer months, they'd sometimes find eight or ten scorpions a night. Wow. Forget that <coughs> <a> noise. <laughs> That's going to be a huge nope for Melanie one. Hope. <laughs> May I kill it, make it deader. See if people catch one for the first time. Either they're super excited or they're scared half to death. Ding, ding, me. Um, either way, it's an enjoyable experience. <laughs> okay, he's holding up an itty-bitty, teeny, tiny camel spider. Like we, like little, like Nick-sized. Nick size. <laughs> All right, we knew that was coming. <laughs> Sometimes I just had to check if he's in chat. There he is. Hi, Nicky Poo. <laughs> Nicky Poo. <laughs> well, this next article, I'm going to skip it because the link does not is a, is a link to something totally different. So really, oh yeah, okay. Oh, it lists the world's or the nation's ten best aquariums. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, Seattle Aquarium, which I've been to, is wonderful. Is on the list. Okay, well here's here's the story if you want it. Okay. Um, lonely guest at this Belgian hotel can rent a goldfish for the night. That's pretty much the whole story. So international travel can be lonely, which is why one Belgian airport hotel provides guests with an optional companion, a pet goldfish, which you can rent on a nightly basis for about $4. Hmm. They smile. They take pictures of it. They put it on social media. We rent a few fish per week, they say. They want to assure everybody that the fish are indeed treated quite well and... I just can't imagine that a fish would make me less lonely. <laughs> I just that's uh, well, fish. I, I find them relaxing. I find aquariums rela- very yeah, relaxing. Yeah, I mean, we're just talking like a goldfish in a bowl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that I, yeah, I, it's a cute idea. But what happens if a fish dies on your watch? <laughs> that would be sad. All right, your turn. All right, this is, was sent to me by Susie, and I think I know why. The very first yeah. thing is a photo of basically a, a looks like who looks just like her. Could, could have been like a brother or aunt or uncle or something. <laughs> All right, this, this is, is out kind of Utah. Of sad, but yeah. also really weird. Yeah. After Nick, a, Nick you'll appreciate this one. <laughs> I we're not trying this. to imply anything, Nick. No, not a thing. No, no, after no, a no life of after a life of sniffing out criminals, the retired porn sniffing dog called Earl U R L Ha Ha died December thirtieth. Weber County Sheriff's Office's Earl was the fourth dog in the country to be certified and trained as an electronic storage detection canine. Okay, so a porn sniffing dog, because. Call me weird. I don't know much about porn because it's not my gig, but I would assume it smells pretty bad. Depends on how old the pages are, but anyway. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> well, you know, well, this honestly, is electronic I, porn. I know. 
works. I don't. So well. how could electronic porn smell different? You know, seeing as how I'm just one oh, paragraph okay. in, you know maybe we might just way f- over here maybe just might find out. Way over know. here, letting you read. Way okay, here. this is me. Over here. Detective Cameron Hartman of the K3. <laughs> what did you read? <laughs> um, the K9. I'm sorry. I, my, my glasses are off. Hold on a minute. K, I'm calling a K3 a K9. I'm just call, <laughs> split the difference. Call it a K6. No, K through 6. We'll just do it that, that way. Okay. All right. Okay. Enough of this. All right. Enough of this. Enough of this. One of our sponsors. K9 completed more than 200 search warrants where they obtained digital evidence for cases that most often involved involved child sexual exploitation material and or child sexual abuse material. I wonder how many of those took place in Biden households. The list of remarkable finds for the K-9 include a USB drive disguised as a key on a key ring full of keys, a micro SD card and a closed baby food jar and a small pencil box full of other items that was inside a large cedar chest Boy, they went out of their way. Yeah. If they put that that kind of effort into other things, like being you know decent human beings, the world the world would be a nice place. Yeah. An SD card high on a shelf, a cell phone hidden in a book, and even cell phone parts hidden in a wall behind a toilet at the Weber County Jail, according to the sheriff's office. Yeah. The almost eight-year-old police dog recovered dozens of critical pieces of digital evidence that otherwise would have been overlooked. Earl also provided emotional support to officers working in the stressful yeah, realm of child exploitation imagine. and the children who were scared during search warrants. Okay, Earl and his handler Hartman worked with many law enforcement agencies in the state, including Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. By the way, it's really sad we have to have these things. Um, F- so that acronym is ICAC. ICAC. <laughs> As in syrup of. Well, that's Ipecac. But anyway, FBI Child Exploitation Task Force, Department of Homeland Security, Utah Department of Corrections, Weber Morgan Narcotic Strike Force, and more. Okay. His unique skill set led to his nickname as the Porn Sniffing Dog, which helped him to make several appearances in local, national, and international news, the sheriff's office said. Earl was interviewed by the actor Terry Crews and was featured on the longest-running reality TV show, Cops. I love that show. In June 2017, as well as being featured on CNN as the pound puppy turned police porn dog. Oh, God. <laughs> I, Have I not heard of this before? I don't mean to be laughing, but that is the pound puppy turned. Yeah, here it is. Pound puppy turned police porn dog. You guys have way too much fun with your. So, I mean, I guess they just. He's they also called turn. the Smut Mutt. <laughs> smut Mutt. <laughs> That's my favorite, Smut Mutt. <laughs> wow. The rambunctious dumpster diving, desk climbing, leash chewing black lab, twice rescued from the pound, is Detective Cameron Hartman's new secret weapon and partner. That's the original article. The Smut Mutt. <laughs> smut. So he really was a pound rescue. That That's so sweet. So I guess they just trained him the way they trained the dog, dogs to do anything, just giving him treats when he found things. Yeah. And they said he had he a success got... rate of 22%, which isn't that great, but I guess it's... For a dog, zero. it's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, puppers. Rest in peace, Earl. Oh, good boy. Good woggy. All right. Next up, this one is also really bizarre. <laughs> I saw this actually right before we went live. 
Why are antennas popping up all over the foothills? Salt Lake City seeks to solve the mystery. So they literally do not know where these things are coming from. Um, So on Wednesday, they hiked for hours up snowy trails to remove a mysterious device. And they said it's one that's popping up all over the foothills. It consists of a locked battery box, a solar panel, and an antenna. And they have no idea where they're coming from or what they are for. They say they've been bolted to different peaks and summits and ridges around the foothills. It started with one or two, and now it might be as many as a dozen. The first ones appeared about a year ago, but many more have been found in the past few months. They say the small towers don't have permits, and it's unclear who's, it's unclear who's installing them. They have to do it in the dead of night. I mean, how else could they do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't just leave things on public lands anymore. You have to ask for permission, he said. And there's more. Hence the term public. Yeah, hence the term public because, you know, we're not paying for that. So they had to actually take sleds up to bring the materials down off the mountains. And they found others on property managed by the Forest Service in the University of Utah. And the university said they're investigating that and hopefully it's not some frat boys doing something crazy. Um, As far as they know, it has nothing to do with the college itself. So they're trying to identify who has been doing that. Um, they think it may be related to cryptocurrency and relay networks and being able to make money off of that. So, of course, we're the federal government. We must shut it down. Um, But they're also worried that if it does or if it is related to any sort of money-making enterprise, then, of course, it's going to multiply exponentially as people figure it out. So... They are hoping that they'll learn more once they can get some of the locked boxes open. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out on that because that's, that's kind of creepy funny at the same time. Well, folks, uh, we are 15 minutes away from heading on over to our first break, but we get to go right into more wonderful than weird. Do we want to take a moment to play our, our newest? Yeah, I think, I think that would be a grand idea. Remember, folks, this is based on a true story. All right, men, welcome back to Slumlord U. Today we're going to discuss service requests. Can anyone tell me what a service request is? Yes, Cletus? Is that when you call a hooker? Uh, no, Cletus, it's not when you call a hooker. Anyone else? Clifton? It's when someone calls to get something fixed. We don't do that. An A-plus and a beer for Cliff. That's right. And it can be for almost anything, from a dripping faucet to a smashed window to a busted oven. Before I go into detail, let me ask, what do you think is the best way to approach service requests? Yes, Jonathan? Respond to them as quickly as possible. Well, I can see why your name is Jonathan. Obviously, you've got the brains of a seagull. Just do me a favor and don't talk for the rest of the day, all right? Thanks. Now, it's really easy to collect rent and almost as easy to evict troublemakers and deadbeats, but the proper method for handling service requests is far more difficult. It's a delicate balancing act. You need to learn how to effectively ignore service requests while barely staying within the law so they can't withhold the rent. But don't worry. By the end of this lesson, you'll be total wizards at this. The first step 
is to make sure your tenants understand how unimportant their request is, no matter how important it really seems. Listen, guys, I've been a successful slumlord for a long time, and here's my tried-and-true method for doing this. You've got to make them believe that they have the least important service issue of all your tenants, if not all time. The best way to do this is to tell them that no matter what their issue is, that you have a larger, more pressing issue. You don't have to tell them that your actual issue is to not be bugged while you're parked at the Jiffy Mart eating a ham on rye and finishing off a Louis L'Amour. That's another dang business, but it's your business, and it's more important than whatever stupid repair they think they need. Now, in order to demonstrate my point, we're going to do a role-play exercise. Can I have two volunteers, please? All right, you two, Harry and Larry, come down here and have a seat facing each other. Great. Now, Harry, you get to play a tenant with a maintenance issue. Larry, you're going to play the maintenance guy who was given a service request. By the way, gang, what is the best format for a service request? Yeah, Jorge? Vable. Absolutely right. If it ain't written down, you ain't got to acknowledge it. And your bosses are none the wiser. If the rental office is using paper, they're making a huge mistake. It opens them up to lawsuits and such. So, Harry, I want you to make a phone call to Larry with a maintenance need. Use your imagination. And, Larry, I want you to respond like I've been teaching you, all right? Ring, ring. Hello? Uh, hi. Uh, my kitchen sink doesn't work. I need you to come look at it. Oh, okay. I'll get back to you soon. But Mrs. Jones' roof caved in, and I gotta take care of that first, all right? I'll get back to you soon. Bye! Excellent work for the first try. Let's go over what he did right. Right off the bat, Larry set the tone by just saying hello rather than identifying himself or the company he works for. That instantly puts him in a power position because it throws the tenant off. You'll also notice that he said bye and hung up without waiting for a response. This is how you show the tenant that you're the one in charge and they have no repercussions. Now there was one area for improvement. When Larry made up the excuse, he used too extreme a maintenance issue to start with. You want to save catastrophic scenarios as an absolute last resort. It's better to start with something smaller but still serious, say a cracked window or a broken fridge. And here's a pro tip. Once that exchange has taken place, it's best to switch on your voicemail after that. You don't want them to be able to actually talk to you again or they might manage to convince you to fix something. Better yet, if your voice mailbox is full, keep it that way. Never delete a message. Ever. If you find your tenants aren't leaving you enough messages to fill your inbox, call yourself and leave messages until it does. You don't want a paper or digital trail. That will give you more flexibility and less hassle in case they keep trying to call back. Now let's discuss how to behave if they get a bit uppity or try to go over your head or in that rare case when the issue truly does threaten their health or safety. Any ideas on how to approach the situation then? Yes, Omar? Handle it pleasantly and get it taken care of immediately. Jeez, Omar, it's like you've been asleep through class. I mean, yeah, you want to keep yourself out of trouble, but you don't want to seem too anxious to please them. These ain't no luxury rentals, right? So here's how I would approach it. Make sure you pretend like you're just a good old boy who's overworked and underpaid so they feel sorry for you. In fact, you want them to actually feel guilty for even asking you to do something. 
You can even say that your home is in the same disarray and you haven't even had time to fix your pipes or whatever. Now let's examine another scenario. In spite of your best lack of effort, a woman manages to reach you. This is the fourth or fifth time she's called and she is hopping mad that you haven't helped her. How do you respond? Jeff? Ignore her. She's abroad. Dude, you could be teaching this class. This is really important. If the woman calls, don't respond. Don't even acknowledge her existence. This only feeds the problem. Call the man back on his number. Make sure that you talk only to him and make sure you sound totally reasonable when you do so that he sides against his wife. If you can cause marital problems, they'll be more focused on each other than on you. Total bonus. All right. I know that every now and then, you gotta show up and actually work. When is the best time of day to do that? Okay, you, Max? When they are not home to answer the door, of course. They told me I shouldn't allow cats in class, and I'm glad I proved them wrong. If anyone could be more gloriously irreverent and self-serving, it'd be a cat. That's right, Max. Show up when you know darn well they won't be home. That way you can blame them for not being able to fix whatever they're whining about. And here's a bonus tip. Just in case you miscalculated and someone is home, you should rap on the door as quietly as possible so there's no chance of them hearing you. Now keep in mind, you must knock quietly enough so that even if they have a dog, not a soul will hear you or know you were there. But if they have one of those video doorbell thingies, you can prove you tried. Now before we go on our four-hour lunch break, remember, keep making those false promises. Nothing gives you more time than false hope. Class dismissed. The Louis Lamore thing was literally not a joke. Literally saw <laughs> no, it was... Steve, who, who put us off after our pipes burst. We didn't have hot water for, what, three days? And three days. The sink was busted for another two yeah. weeks. And literally saw it him. It was in a typical white Texas t- pickup. Typical white Texas pickup. And he's reading sitting a there reading, Lamour, a, reading a Louis Lamour a book. And, you know. Not even joking. I mean, I love Louis Lamour books, no. but there's, there's <laughs> but a time and a place. Oh. Yeah, and every time we call him, he's like, oh, I've got this other thing. And oh, yeah, my own pipes burst, and you don't understand. And it's like, oh, for God's sake. Like, every time we call, there's always something <laughs> infinitely more important. That, yeah, so it's yeah, and I mean, it's an story. ongoing thing. Like I said, they're better than well, the last bunch. Well, yeah, at least bunch, the toilet but... sort of flushes, and at least yeah. we finally got uh, hot water again. And Yeah, and he did replace the kitchen sink with a nice one. Not a sink, the faucet. I'm he did sorry. did not replace but... the sink. I apologize. <laughs> I have been properly chastened and yes. properly corrected. In front of our now, if he would replace the two hundred year old bathtub and the scary foam, I mean, basically this entire house is held together with that spray foam. <laughs> Literally, I mean, there are <laughs> gaps between the floorboards and the actual floor Ooh. that are two to three inches thick, and in places where they actually go all the way outside, it's just airing our grievances. Foam. You know, it's it's Festivus a little late. But... Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> okay. Speaking of holidays. <laughs> Your turn. Oh, speaking of holidays, yeah, oh, yeah. for some reason. Ah. Cue the archives. Okay. This is interesting. 
and it goes something like this. The Buffalo Storm hero, who police have dubbed Merry Christmas Jay, has been identified and is speaking out to ABC News. Police in the town of Chica... Really? Chictawaga, just outside of Buffalo, credit 27-year-old Jay Withy from saving the lives of two dozen people during the deadly storm by rescuing strangers from cars trapped in the snow and bringing them to a school for shelter. I feel 100% that Jay's actions were heroic and 100% saved lives. Chictawaga, I'll get it. Anyway, the city's police chief, Brian Gould, said, it all began when Withy went to pick up a friend who was stranded, but with only a quarter tank of gas left, his car quickly became stuck in the whiteout conditions. The wind blowing, the snow falling, you couldn't see if you stuck your hand out. You couldn't see the tap of your fingers of the tip. It the says tap. tap. <laughs> Does it really? <laughs> the tip of your fingers on your hand. Hey, ABC News, if you need an editor, I'm available. Well, the problem is, Disney is owned by, I mean, uh, ABC is owned by Disney. So you'd have to go, you know, you have to go through the mouse. Soaking wet and, and, and the mouse don't, you know, talk, talk to the glove. The, yeah, the mouse don't want them. Soaking wet and freezing, Withy decided to seek shelter inside a local school and broke a window to get inside. But instead of hunkering down and resting, he ventured back into the dangerous conditions to help others who were stranded. I can see there's a couple of the vehicles stuck in the vicinity of the school, so I go to them and tell them I've broken into the school and that there's heat in there with, he said. It was a matter of survival. It was just a very scary situation to be in. I thought we were going to die, said Sabrina Andino, one of the trapped drivers. It was scary and unforgettable, but seeing Jay and getting us in the school really saved us. After Withy gathered the stranded drivers inside the school, he pried open the kitchen door so they could find some food. He also went to the school nurse's office for blankets and water. He left the school's front door open overnight so anyone looking for safety could join them. We all came together, Andino said, and now that group of strangers is planning a reunion for the, for the summer. Even a dog. Police found a dogs? note. Police found a note with he left at the school apologizing for breaking in. I'm terribly sorry about breaking the school window and for breaking into the kitchen. I had to do it to save everyone and get them shelter, the note said. It was signed Merry Christmas, Jay. Yeah, so they actually put this out that they were looking for this guy and they finally found him. That uh, the Cheek Tilwaga police actually tweeted out, Do you recognize this guy? <laughs> Um, and then there have been updates, so interesting, really cool, really cool. I like that story. All right, now heading into New Year's. This is exciting. The tradition of New Year's hike reaches all fifty states. Tell us so, about New Year's hike. So Boston, a simple plan to get more people enjoying the outdoors on New Year's Day, has become a nationwide event in the U.S. After a hike at a Massachusetts park more than three decades ago. Just 380 people participated in the initial first day hike. That's still a lot. <laughs> they say just. In 1992, at the nearly 2,830 hectare Blue Hills Reservation just south of Boston. On Sunday, this last Sunday, tens of thousands of people are expected to take part on first day hikes at hundreds of parks in all 50 states. Let's do that. We did. We did? Yeah. Okay. I'm just sorry about out. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did, we didn't took you? The, the, the black one. I mean, we didn't. Did we make it to the park? I don't think we did. We did go see zoo lights, though. 
You did do that. That counts. That's a park. <laughs> a vigorous walk is a great way to start the new year on the right foot, literally, and get outdoors, enjoy nature, spend time with family and friends, and maybe start working on that New Year's resolution to get in shape. Anyways, I think it's a wonderful tradition, and we are definitely going to be doing it at the end of this year. Yay. Yay. Okay. <laughs> so th- this this one cracks me up. I've been I've been chomping at the bit to go over this. Okay, one well I'm people. glad you're the one who gets to read it. <laughs> we can now decode pigs' emotions. What? <laughs> Using thousands of acoustic recordings gathered throughout the lives of pigs from their births to deaths, an international team of researchers is the first in the world to translate pig grunts into actual emotions across an extended number of conditions and life stages. Seriously, who's paying for this and why? (laughs) The research is led by the University of Copenhagen, the ETH Zurich, and the Francis... You know, I'm not going to turn into Melody tonight. (laughs) Yes, I am. Too late. What's the doing in there? The Francis. And and the Francis National Research Institute for the Agriculture, the Food, and the Environment. Yeah. And can be used to improve animal welfare in the future. Is a pig grunt worth a thousand words? Perhaps so. In a new study, an international team of researchers from Denmark, Switzerland, France, Germany, Norway, and the Czech Republic have translated pig grunts into emotions. Their findings have been published today in scientific reports using more than 7,000 audio recordings of pigs. The researchers design an algorithm can, that can decode whether an individual police officer... I'm, I'm sorry... An individual it's pig is muscle. experiencing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Melanie Ann. I'm, I've, I've done wrong. I'm, I'm backing up. You're the one who ate the what? donut this morning. That's true. Mm-hmm. I have to stop. An individual pig has experienced a positive emotion, happy or excited, a negative, scared or stressed, how or somewhere in between. But how do they know? The recordings. Did, did they ask the pig? Okay, what does this grunt mean? Well, what they did was, I mean, they well, pigs were experiencing different things in life, stressors or whatever. They recorded the grunts. You know, they recorded what was going on with the pig and the grunt, and therefore uh, corresponding the two or correlating the two. So basically, you hook up a microphone and you poke the pig, and that's the pig poking grunt. Yep, and pig and a poke. That's the right. Pig, and that's the massage massaging. There's pig a lot grunt. of repetition in here, but that's basically the idea. Short grunts or happy grunts. Uh-huh. Okay then. Now this this is a sure. big story this week. Yeah, and I put this at the end of this segment because well, this is my America. This is the America I live and work and breathe and pay taxes in, not what you're hearing from all the lunatics out there. Oh, hey, Oscar Myers hiring new uh, Wienermobile drivers. I just thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> so, um, Damar <laughs> Hamlin, if you are unfamiliar with this story, he it was, um, well, I guess he is technically a player for the Buffalo Bills, and he was plowed into pretty darn hard and went down and got back up, teetered a little bit, and then had a heart attack. And, of course, there's been much debate and whatever as to what actually happened there. I'm not going to get into that at all because, frankly, I don't care. I just hope this young man 
incredibly young man is is going to be okay uh, from what i understand he is, he is getting better and that makes he is me getting very better happy. he is still in the hospital um very very scary so a uh, total cardiac arrest um they st- they actually stopped the game they replayed the game the bills slaughtered <laughs> the uh patriots was it no never say that word in my household ever they're the worst new england that's the name of their team, right? Uh, I guess. Uh, no, Buffalo Bills, dude. <laughs> so the Buffalo Bills kicked off an emotionally charged game against New England. Okay, I guess it was those rotten, dirty, deflating. Oh, now. <laughs> Sorry. I... Anyway, they slaughtered them, so that should make you happy. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> My favorite 13... teams are the Seahawks and anybody playing in... Against the Patriots. 13 to 3. Okay, so um, the reason I'm bringing this up is because when he went down, of course, paramedics rushed onto the scene, and and I actually heard some of the the radio calls to each other and, and how quickly they got there. Amazing. And, of course, nobody knew what was going on. They just knew he's young, up and comer, like healthy. Anyway, in our country, what we do is rather than, I guess, start the game over and there's debate about that or, you know, continue playing and there's debate about that, they actually stopped the game. And the opposing team actually were part of the candlelight vigil outside of his hospital room while they didn't know if he was going to make it through the night. And I just think that's the embodiment of who we are as human beings. You know, taking a knee, not taking a knee, voting for whoever, whatever, all the absolute just garbage that's out there all the time. When it comes down to it, love for each other, being there for each other, you know, even if you're on an opposing team. Um, I just love this story. I love it. So um, he got to watch the game. He got to watch his team win. And I hope DeMar makes a very speedy and full recovery. Well, there was one more bit of it. One more? After the original game where he was carted off, he asked, did, did we win? Yeah, and, when he first came out of his coma. the doctor said, you won. <laughs> you won his the first, you, you won. But that's it. His first question was, did, I win? did we win? <laughs> Coming out of a so, coma where he almost died. Yeah, the yeah, doctor so. said you won. That's the important. Is that what thing. the doctor said? Yeah, yeah, you won the game. You know, won the game against life, right? So, or against death, or what? You know, the bad guy, whoever the bad guy is, you won. You mm. won the battle of life, is what he said. Yeah, something along those lines. Oh, that's a good line. Yeah. It's not up there with one small step for you know man. Well, but, I mean, it's, it's this, good. This it's isn't going to be as remembered as much as on January 11th. So his um, first or, tweet, once he was able to get back on social media, is as such. Putting love into the world comes back three times as much. Thankful for everyone who has reached out and prayed. This will make me stronger on the road to recovery. Keep praying for me. He's a class act. I hope he fully recovers. Me too. I, I, I even hope he gets back into the game, although that's probably not likely. But Probably not a good idea, but I mean, it is kind of his life, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, when you sign those contracts, I mean, you know... There is a potential that you're going to get pretty badly well, hurt. Yeah, and that's why there was so much debate because I mean those guys wear a lot of padding. Yeah, and and we've seen hits 
you know, harder than that. So, it, you know, there, there's, like I said, I'm, I had not, some I'm friends not getting are, involved in it. I had that. some friends are going, don't yeah. say it. Yeah, no People know, People just know. don't. I mean, I it's, all right, I won't. Whatever side you're on, I mean, yes, there is a trend that I should be investigated. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that everybody who has an accident is. A, a victim of that. Now, yeah. while it has gone up, you know, thousands per cent. Like we said, we're not going to discuss it. Yeah. And so. we can't, you know, wait to get the facts first. You know, don't, don't just assume because yeah. it makes you look dumb and it makes our side look dumb. And it makes those of us who know what's going on, get lumped in with the dumb. And I don't want to yeah. catch the dumb. Can the dumb be caught? <sighs> yes. The dumb can be caught. All right, we so are. So they're looking for the 36th class of hot dogger if you want to drive the Wienermobile. Just thought I'd throw that out there since we actually yeah. saw the Wienermobile yeah, recently. The, the, my uh, personal Facebook page has the. The weenie. A photo of us. <laughs> the giant weenie! Cuddling in front of the, the world famous Wienermobile, which I'd also seen when I was a kid, so it was really cool seeing it. I'm just really sad Again. that we didn't get a weenie whistle. Yeah, I got the weenie whistle the first time. Yeah, yeah. They, they they didn't even offer me a weenie whistle. Did you ask? You know, I didn't think about it at the time. Probably because I didn't know weenie whistles existed until you told me that story later. <laughs> well, we'll see what I can do. Because I thought you it. were making a, a proposition, and I was all about the weenie whistle until I now actually... we have a mixed. What? <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> we're married. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, we got to pay some bills, so we'll come back with this is why we can't have nice things. We'll probably run out of time, but we do have one more story of the wonderfooler that you might want to hear. So don't go anywhere. Oh, and Chuck will fill us in as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yeah, I get it. Your parents were jerks and you're traumatized. But that doesn't mean you should use your lousy childhood as an excuse to be a lousy adult. Stop being such a whiner and get past your past already. Bye, get over it and get started. The book by Melanie Hope that will get you out of your self-imposed failure and on the road to greatness. Available in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. When a disaster happens, are you ready? Do you have the supplies you need to keep you and your family safe and survive? The Zombie Outpost store in Wilmington, Ohio. At Caesar Creek Flea Market, stocks quality gear you need to be ready for the next emergency or even a camping trip. Visit zombieoutpoststore.com for location and hours. Check out our assortment of essentials you need when the next disaster happens. Go to zombieoutpoststore.com. Get 10% at checkout when you mention CounterCultureWise Radio. Be ready and be prepared. Tonight's show is brought to you in part by Hector and Grumble. No, really. At Hector and Grumble, we want to let the world know we care, and care deeply about the world and our future as human beings. As a result, we have bowed to the whims of a tiny but very loud minority of our customers. We set the tone last year with our now-famous ad for our Galoot shaving products division, Men Suck. The response was overwhelming. But we ignored it and doubled down with an ad featuring a trans child using our product to shave the teeny-weeny patches of peach fuzz off of their face. We realized that this basically could have been accomplished with a butter knife and soap, and due to our stubbornness, I mean, our stand on this issue, we have lost billions of dollars in profits for our shareholders over the past year. But hey, it's only money, 
It's the principle, after all. Not to be outdone this year, we are removing the Venus symbol from the packaging of our sometimes feminine hygiene products as a result of protesting from transgender activists. We know they will never be able to use our products, but at Hector and Grumble, it's always the optics. So what about our future plans for your favorite Hector and Grumble brands? Well, we have an exciting announcement. Our Gloom Electric toothbrushes and our famous line of crust toothpastes will no longer emphasize their whitening power in our ads because, after all, whitening power is racist. You heard it here first, folks. Hector and Grumble wants to be your consumer products company, but we want to be liked even more. Will you like us? Please and thank you. Are you sick of sitting out east to dinner or getting stuck with salad? Are you tired of having bacon and eggs without the bacon? Do you wish you could sink your chops into some pork chops? At Forstuken Farms, we feel your pain. Introducing the world's first kosher pork. Blessed by me, Rabbi Yutzi. It's good, I promise. Would I steer you wrong? Whether it's tukish or snook, you're gonna love Forstuken Farms kosher pork. I eat it all the damn time. everybody. This is Fritzina Fluffybottom. Did you know that we have a subscribe star? We do! There are lots of fabulous extra things on there that you can't get anywhere else, like outtakes, new books, and extra videos. And you can sign up for as little as one... ...position, Rhino McCarthy reacted by moving into the Speaker's chambers and claiming squatters' rights, even as the House continued to vote against him 14 more times. Up until Friday, the only thing that could pass was a motion to give up and go home. Finally, after four days and a total of 15 votes... McCarthy's presumptiveness paid off, and the cry bullies installed McCarthy anyway, per script. In an effort to absolutely, positively guarantee that no conservatives will ever watch their channel, even on a dare, CNN has hired disgraced TDS sufferer and former representative Adam Kinzinger as their new senior political commentator. I swear, I am not making this up. Shortly after Jordan Peterson warned the Western world that an oppressive social credit score is just around the corner, totalitarian blackface dictator Justin Trudeau issued an order that Peterson must attend a re-education camp or lose his license to practice psychology. The crimes he engaged in reported to the board, of course, by a half-dozen blue-haired Karens, not a single one of whom were ever his client, include such horrific things as retweeting the conservative party leader and criticizing Trudeau's fascist policies. Once, he even tweeted that he did not find an obese swimwear model attractive. These things, the non-client Karens allege, Cause them personal harm. Personal harm. Tweets. I swear I am not making this up. In an effort to make the ugliest shoe in the world even more disgusting, Crocs has partnered up with RuPaul and the even creepier Teletubbies to hypersexualize small children by funding an event for kids that involves grown men in clown makeup parading around in fetish gear to mock women and collect dollars in their G strings. No, this is real. Drag. It's not just for grooming kids in libraries anymore. After learning that multi-government bailout recipient megabank J.P. Morgan Chase was not only complicit in, but helped cover up Epstein's child trafficking empire, Virgin Islands Attorney General Denise George filed a lawsuit against the corrupt juggernaut. In a wholly unrelated story, the most popular president in the history of the world, known for getting attorneys fired if they investigate his corrupt son, took some time off from his permanent vacation to relax between holidays in the Virgin Islands. Of course, after his opportune visit, 
Denise George was unceremoniously fired quicker than you could say, 10% for the big guy. On the second anniversary of the greatest overreaction and false flag weaponization in drama queen Democrat history, Capitol Police atoned for their cold-blooded murder of Ashley Babbitt, the single casualty of the so-called deadly insurrection, by arresting her grieving mother. You can't make this stuff up. Her crime? Stepping off the sidewalk while holding a rose. For CCW News, this has been holy crap. This is actually happening. I'm Chuck U. Farley. Good night, and may God help us. I hope that you are still hearing the sound of our voice because the timer is going off. The studio says it's up, but the internet says we're down. <laughs> we finally have blue lights again, but I don't know what that means. So <laughs> either we're recording and everything's groovy. We're either or live been, or Memorex or... We've been off the air this entire time. I don't know. We'll just keep plugging along just yep. in case. <laughs> If there's any stories you didn't hear, tell us what they were. <laughs> Drop in chat. Let us know, <laughs> let's still, let's let us know, know which ones alive. you did not hear. Yeah. And we'll go ahead and... I'm yeah. kidding. I'm just going to have to write a slum, slumlord you version of, of uh, cable workers. <laughs> uh, actually, the last guy who came actually, was pretty was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, we liked him so much we gave him a Christmas present. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into... Oh, now, see, that's why we can't have nice things. We have a list that I've been compiling for a couple of weeks now, so we need to work through this. But right. I think we're going to end on a Jimbo Snaps. From... Are we now? I think we shall, yes. Okay. Um, but I, this is one of our nemesis, or nemeses. So this of is all of those, those feel good stories. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you have a, a company that is, I mean, I have a beef with Chase. We have an accounts with Chase. I don't think we're going to keep accounts with Chase. No, no, we know they're pedo pushers. But these guys take the cake even from J.P. Morgan Chase. Wow. All right. I'm happy to say that Wells Fargo agreed to a $3.7 billion settlement. By the way, it's a drop in the bucket for these clowns. But anyway, with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau over customer abuses tied to bank accounts, mortgages, and auto loans, the regulator said Tuesday. The bank was ordered to pay $1.7 billion civil penalty and more than $2 billion in redress to consumers. Would you be one of them? Anyway, the CFPB said in a statement, in a separate statement, the San Francisco-based company said that many of the required actions tied to the settlement were already completed. The bank's illegal conduct led to billions of dollars in financial harm to its customers and for thousands of customers, the loss of their vehicles and homes, the agency said in its release. Consumers were illegally assessed fees and interest charges on auto and mortgage loans, had their cars wrongfully repossessed, and had payments on payments to auto and mortgage loans misapplied by the bank. Guys, we've reported on Wells Fargo before, and I understand the sentiment. You know, I've been I've been banking there for years. I was banking with them back when they were 
First Interstate Bank, you know, whatever your excuses are, they're close to me, the people are nice, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. At some point, it's a good thing to draw a line in the sand, is all I'm saying. Wells Fargo is typically not the only bank in town, with very few exceptions. Um, usually, if it's a, a town big enough to have Wells Fargo, it's also a town big enough to have several credit unions and other financial institutions. I think we're going to go local. I, th- I think we're just, just going to go local. Thing, yeah, I mean, as long mm-hmm. as we can still do all the things we need to do with it, but yeah, enough with the, the nasty big banks. Yeah, I'm, I'm ridiculous. I, I won't go any further. I mean, there's really no need. Well, actually, why don't I? Because they, oh. they <laughs> s- spill, spill the beans about just how awful these people are. Um, the resolution lifts one overhang for the bank, which has been led by CEO Charlie Scharf since October 2019. Last year, the bank told investors it was likely to experience issues or delays in satisfying demands from its multiple U.S. regulators. Then in October, the bank set aside $2 billion for legal, regulatory, and consumer remediation matters, igniting speculation that the settlement was nearing. But other regulatory hurdles remain. Wells Fargo is still operating under consent orders tied to its 2016 fake account scandal, which is what we first talked about on this show. Yep. They're just, whatever they may have once been, they're rotten through and through now. They're worse now than they were back then, including one from the Fed that caps its asset growth. Furthermore, banks said fourth quarter expenses would include a $3.5 billion operating loss, ha ha, ho 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 ho, or $2.8 billion billion after taxes from the incremental costs of CFPB civil penalty and consumer remediation efforts as well as other legal matters. The bank is still expected to post an overall profit when it reports in mid-January, according to a person with knowledge of the matter. Shares of the bank rose less than 1% in early trading. That's not good. This far-reaching agreement is an important milestone in our work to transform the operating practices at Wells Fargo and to put these issues behind us. I think that's just one thing that he was just, he had to say. Every CEO of every company that gets caught in a scandal has to say, we're anxious to put this behind Ooh, it. yeah, golly, I, I didn't oh, wow, see that yeah. coming. Oh, yeah, wow, my. we'll, we'll do better no next idea. time. <laughs> we'll hide it better. CFPB <sighs> director. <laughs> oh, never mind. We and our regulators have identified a series of unacceptable practices now that we've been caught, that we've been working systematically to change ever since we've been caught and provide customer remediation where warranted. Plus, you get a free toaster when you open an account. CFPB Director Robit, whatever his name is, said Wells Fargo's rinse-repeat cycle of violating the law, hit the nail on the head, hurt millions of American families, and that the settlement was an important initial step for accountability for the bank. Consumers who are still experiencing problems with, I'm going to call them by their real name, I almost called them by their the nickname we gave no. them, we're not... We've been not, so good this episode. Yeah, we're going to continue to be. Wells Fargo or other banks were encouraged to submit complaints to the CFPB website. So a once great bank ain't no more. Yeah. <sighs> Couldn't happen to a nicer bank. <laughs> they, okay. they screwed her over. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> this one is... <laughs> <clears throat> this happened in Wisconsin. <laughs> Cl- 
classes were back in session at a Wisconsin middle school Monday after dozens of spiders forced it to close temporarily. This is mid-December. According to a statement from Wilson Middle School in Manitowoc, roughly 40 miles south of Green Bay, classes were canceled on Friday after a student and teacher were reportedly bit by yellow sack spiders. Yipe. Yeah, on Thursday, administrators say a student sitting in a classroom brushed a spider off of her arm. Officials say there was no visible bite. However, her arm became itchy and swollen. The school nurse provided medical attention and the student's parents were notified. The statement also says that a teacher was recently bit and needed medical attention for itching, swelling, and pain. Exterminators were called in to eradicate the more than 30 spiders found in several classrooms. It isn't yet clear how they came into the building. Well, all you need to do is have one mama have one sack of babies, and yeah. I mean, that's like millions. This is the first time I've ever dealt with a spider issue, said the superintendent. <laughs> so they're not aware of any other students or staff being bit. Uh, they encourage parents and guardians to be on the lookout for those symptoms. And yellow sack spiders are believed to be responsible for the majority of reported spider bites. Utah State University explains. Though their bites are not lethal, they can be very painful and typically cause burning, itching, or swelling. Uh, according to USU, nausea, fever, discomfort, stomach cramps, or skin necrosis can also occur but are rare. Yeah. Welcome to arachnophobia. <clears throat> and then they tell you how to treat it. If that should happen, you can see the link at CounterGoJoys. All right. <clears throat> My wife... And I have long been advocates for dark chocolate, mm -hmm. but there is a dark side to dark chocolate sometimes. Mm -hmm. Is dark chocolate a, quote, healthier alternative? A Consumer Reports investigation says otherwise. Aside from its richer and bittersweet flavor, people tend to reach for dark chocolate thanks to its suggested ties to heart health. However, Consumer Reports research suggests popular dark chocolate bars contain high levels of cadmium and lead, Heavy metals linked to health issues. How did they get <clears throat> in the chocolate? Well, you know, seeing as how I'm one paragraph in, we might just find out. <laughs> I love using that line every week. Anyway. Every week. <laughs> Three or four times. In a report published Thursday, the nonprofit advocacy <clears throat> organization <laughs> found levels of cadmium. Folks, I'm just having fun tonight. <laughs> the heck with it. Cadmium and lead in dark chocolate from popular brands like Hershey's. Trader Joe's oh, and Godiva. No, Joe. And those are those are three of my favorite dark chocolate brands. Well, two of them anyway. Hershey's is all right. Nah. The, her, the Hershey Special Dark was the first dark chocolate mm. candy bar I ever that, had. That was I, your gateway chocolate? Yeah, that was my gateway dark <laughs> chocolate. No, it probably was mine too. It's everybody's. The National Confectioners Association, the industry's trade group, surprise, mm. pushed back on the findings saying... Chocolate and cocoa are safe to eat and can be enjoyed as treats as they have been for centuries. I doubt that's mm. how they said that. It probably sounded more superheroish, like the tick. Chocolate and cocoa are safe to eat and can be enjoyed as treats as they have been for centuries. That's much more like it. Okay. All 28 brands tested by Consumer Reports, scientists had heavy metals in them, according to the report. Mm -hmm. Scientists... It's your one-way ticket to midnight. Call it heavy metal. <clears throat> I want to know how it got in there. Scientists use California standard maximum allowable dose level for lead and cadmium as a determining factor for risk. Can't we just, like, run a magnet over our chocolate before we... <laughs> 
I'm just I know I'm, I'm scrolling ahead to find out <laughs> how did I get in there? Okay, okay. Citing an investigation through the California Proposition 65 settlement, I'm skipping ahead. The association explained that cadmium and lead levels are found in cocoa and chocolate due to the soil. You know, the polluted soil of California. Oh, anyway, but that's, so that's where the beans come from. Yeah. So it's at, straight at the source. So confectioners associated, oh, never mind. They're, they're going to say they're what they got, they're, they're an advocacy group for their own product, of course. Um, so consumer found five of the 28 chocolate bars, including from Ghirardelli, had the lowest of heavy metals. The fact that any of them have any substantial amounts of that give me pause. Maybe it's time to go back to Hershey's with almonds. What about the ones that are uh, organically sourced in the foothills of Wachamajongas in the South American forest of, of probably, whatever? Probably somewhat safer. I'm, I'm thinking so. I, I, mean, want that, I want that guy with his donkey that does the coffee beans. I want him to do my chocolate. You want Juan Valdez to do Yeah, them? yeah. I want him to do my chocolate. <laughs> you realize he's not a real person, right? <laughs> anyway. No. I did not realize that. I honestly got that. Juan Valdez. Is I honestly got that. That was no, like he's an, the he's, dude. He's a, he's a character like Betty Crocker or, you know, or what's her name? Used to be on the syrup bottles. I can't say her name no more. Um Yes, you can. Please do. Her, her family would appreciate it. Some stupid white Aunt Jemima. Anyway, <laughs> stupid there white I said it. Karens get to dictate what folks of other colors do. The cry bullies strike again. All right. Milwaukee. A man is facing charges after investigators said more than 100 animals were rescued from deplorable conditions inside his home. Uh, they're charging him with... Nine acts of animal cruelty. I've never seen anything like it, said uh, one of the Domestic Control uh, Animal Control Commission uh, folks, Karen. Oh my gosh, it's a Karen. Okay. I've never seen anything like it. It was a Noah's Ark. It had everything. In court paperwork obtained by the station, officers said they found 25 dogs, 23 birds, including chickens, ducks, parakeets, a turkey, and a macaw, 14 rats, 8 hamsters, 7 hedgehogs, Uh, 6 lizards, maybe, 6 wabbits, 5 guinea pigs, 4 cats, 4 chinchillas, 3 tortoises, 2 alligators, 2 snakes, a goat, a ferret, and a raccoon inside the house. Let that sink in. 25 dogs and birds, 14 rats, 8 hamsters, 7 hedgehogs, 6 lizards, 6 rabbits, 5 so basically guinea pigs, it was 4 meowing cats, four, uh, three, um, uh, another fortune teller, something, tellers, a lot, three something like Noah's Ark, 2 alligators, 2 snakes, a goat, a ferret, and a raccoon. Inside the house. Rescuers said that removing some of the animals, especially the long-horned goat, was extremely difficult as the animal tried to headbutt animal control officers. You go, goat. Getting him out of the attic. And do you have a goat in your attic? (laughs) How about a penguin on the telly? Seriously? Getting the goat out of the... 
goat. It's not like you can put him on a leash. <laughs> the animals overall were described as friendly and not aggressive. They were all friendly, socialized. They're all placeable, and that's not typical with the tradition with the traditional type of case. Well, that's actually encouraging. Mm. <coughs> Investigators said some of the reptiles were being kept in temperatures too cold for the species and said the alligators were in a 60-gallon tank filled with filthy water. A turtle found at the home was described as becoming deformed from the conditions in its tank and showed signs of metabo metabolic bone disease. Oh, my God. The home's owner was paying people who he believed had been caring for the animals. McAdoo told police that he helps find home for dogs and tried to blame the home's condition on three teenagers who, quote, didn't clean up. The property has been boarded up, and a notice on the door says the property is unfit to live in, citing unsanitary conditions. Oh, please, God, let every single one of these poor, innocent creatures find forever and homes. And heal. And heal up. Yeah. Okay, this I comes from... Our... people. Like, I just don't get it. <laughs> just... This okay. story comes from our old stomping grounds, the greatest city in America, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, yes. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. I, I need to get my sound effects ready. Which sound yeah, effects please, because okay. there's jokes in here everywhere. <laughs> a woman was arrested Sunday for stealing a $12,000 Rolex watch and hiding it inside her twat. I'm sorry. Hiding it inside her genitals. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hiding it inside her... Uh, yeah, that's where they hit it. According to police, Sarah Richards, 33, of Baltimore, was in Las Vegas for a court hearing regarding the theft charges from June, in which police said she stole a $100,000 watch. While in Vegas for her court hearing on those charges, she stole a $12,000 watch, police said. Richards is now facing multiple charges, including theft, over $100,000 in value, residential burglary, Grand larceny of $100,000 or more, administering drugs to aid in commission of a felony, and grand larceny between $5,000 to $25,000. On June 4th, a hotel guest reported to police that he believed the woman he was with the night before had stolen his Patek Philippe wristwatch. Patek Philippe wristwatch. After, after where she Philippe. put it, that's probably how you would pronounce it. <laughs> Yipe. Valued at $100,000. He also said he believed he had been drugged by the woman he met at a casino who was identified as Richards. Cigarettes and whiskey and wild, wild women. They'll you crazy. They'll drive you insane. The man said he fell asleep in his room, woke up the next morning to find his watch missing from his wrist. <laughs> Almost says watch missing from his wrist. <laughs> On Monday, Richards was set. Which Richards was set to appear. Miss Richards was set to appear for her uh, preliminary hearing in court on that case. However, on Sunday, police responded to another hotel on South Las Vegas Las Vegas Boulevard. A nine one one caller told authorities a woman later identified as Richards had stolen items from his room, including a twelve thousand dollar Rolex. Security found Richards, and despite searching her uh, person, could not find the stolen watch. The alleged victim told investigators he had met Richards in the hotel and later went to his room to drink wine. 
The man said he began to feel tired after Richards insisted that he drink more wine, and he began to doze off. He later noticed his watch was missing, and he confronted, confronted Richards about it. Richards panicked, he said, and left the room. When officers checked the room, they did not find the watch, but did find the man's wine glass with a white powdery substance at the bottom. In addition, a metal detector wand passed over Richards, kept alarming around her vaginal region, police said. Richards agreed to take the watch out from inside her. She stated that we were going to find it anyways in jail, and she did not want to go through the hassle. She's going to go through the hassle anyway. The watch was placed into a biohazard bag, I would hope, and impounded. Because if you put that much stuff in there and Ooh. go with that many guys, yeah, yeah every, anything coming out of that's got to be put in a biohazard bag. I, I I know this is getting a little too adult, but anyway. Police said they also found a pill capsule that had a white powdery substance in Richard's possession. Richard's Monday court hearing was canceled. She has since posted bond, and her next court hearing is scheduled for January 10th. So, nah. She ain't ugly, but she ain't nothing. She's ain't. like one of she's like a bag of holding. Do you know what that is? No. Oh, it. <laughs> I'm such a geek. It's it's from <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. And it's like a regular like purse, uh-huh. but you can put as much in there as you possibly want because it's actually another dimension. So if if you're a, a character who and you can't like purchase one, you have to like come across one in, in a dungeon or you know somewhere. Um, but if you have one, you can pretty much carry all your gear in it. <laughs> so just imagine her pulling out swords and spider webs and wrenches and pack, you know, chewing gum and packing tape and <laughs> it's out of her purse. <laughs> okay. So these, 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 these are things I say when I'm awake. <laughs> this is why Melanie leaves the filter on. Huh, what? Oh that is me with the filter. God. Okay. This one is both. This one's really sad, but also really weird. A man who took his car to get serviced at a Del Cab County, Georgia tire shop is now behind bars after police say he shot and killed an employee who was moving his vehicle. Which is what you do when you work for auto places. Yeah. So police said the murder suspect, 30-year-old Quadris McDowell, opened fire on the auto employee because he thought his car was being stolen even though the victim was only moving the car from one part of the tire shop property to another. Dude, you give them your keys. They wear a uniform. (laughs) Authorities were called to the Tires Plus. Uh, Tell you where it is. Uh, At 1.30 p.m. when they arrived, they found Daniel Gordon, 24, suffering... I thought he was just a baby. Suffering from a gunshot wound, Gordon, an employee at Tires Plus, later died from his injuries at a hospital. Investigators say Gordon was moving McDowell's car to the tire shop's business parking lot, but they said that the suspect thought Gordon was trying to steal it. See, as a gun owner, and I hate starting a sentence with as a because it's always stupid what comes afterwards, so those of us who own guns know that there are some people who probably shouldn't. (laughs) I'm just putting that out there. Police said McDowell fired multiple shots at his own frickin' car, fatally wounding uh, Gordon. Then he ran away after the shooting. 
So he fires a gun into his own vehicle to stop somebody that he thought was stealing his vehicle, and then he runs away. I don't think this guy's sane. Well, they were able to find him and arrest him. I don't usually say this about people, but he really shouldn't own a gun. No. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be an issue anymore. No, I'm pretty I think, sure I think, he's, I think he'll be we're not going to have to worry regard. so much about him. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> All right. Here we go, Jim. Off you go. Okay. So I'm going to read bits and pieces of this, and I do suspect there may be a Jimbo rant near the end. Okay. Two women responsible for the fatal shooting of an auto parts store manager in Detroit during an armed robbery will spend decades behind bars. Ebony Monet McEwen Ross, 28, and Shanta Cherie Anderson, 23, both pleaded guilty to second-degree murder charges in connection to James Haller's shooting death. Haller, 69, was shot to death November 1, 2017, while working at the O'Reilly Auto Parts store in the 1600 block of Schaefer Highway. Both women were sentenced Friday morning. McEwen Ross was sentenced to 21 to 50 years in prison with credit for 200 days served in jail. That's going to make a diff. Anderson was sentenced to 30 to 60 years in prison with credit for 207 days served in jail. She also received a two-year sentence for felony firearm to be served consecutively. I never meant for anybody to get hurt, and I know it doesn't mean much, but I am sorry, McEwen Ross said. Eh. Anderson also spoke before her sentencing. I want to say that people make mistakes, and mistakes don't define who you are as a person, and that's it, she said. I don't really need to say much or read much more. <laughs> I'm going to read one more bit, and then I'm going to go back to what this ignorance person said, okay? I didn't do. <laughs> it's a dindu. This has been a long and difficult journey. This is Christopher Pasha delivered a statement on behalf of Haller's family. He said, This has been a long and difficult journey, very painful. Two people decide to make a very stupid life decision, which will now change their lives and their families' lives. I am hurt and I am mad, but I'm not going to be angry to the point of wanting to attack somebody. There's a reason he said that. Yeah. The justice system did what it was supposed to do caught the people, and they're going to spend time locked up. I'm going to make sure you spend every single year of that sentence to the maximum behind bars, and that's my goal, he said. So Both, that's the sun, right? Right. I believe it is. I believe it's the sun. Okay, so let's go back to what this dingbat said, and it's not mentioned in this article so far as I can tell, but there was something I that happened after that she said it. people make mistakes, and mistakes don't define who you are as a person, and that's it. Oh, honey. Oh, wait a minute. No. Okay. You don't get a free pass, okay? You Let me just start with that, all right? Cold blood. Make People make mistakes. You didn't steal a freaking Nestle Crunch from a 7 frippin' 11, you dumb broad. You shot a man to death. Do not tell us that we should not judge you based on... What you did. That's the worst thing you did. Well, you know, I can tell you the worst thing I did. It wasn't anything like that. Wait, did you read about the victim? Let's take it up a notch. 
Okay. Taylor served as a Marine in the Vietnam War and was a retired assembly line worker at General Motors. He served at the Detroit Police Department as a reserve officer in the late 70s. He was 69. So he wasn't just uh, supposedly, murdered in cold blood. He was a fallen Marine who and, served the country. And plus, uh, my understanding is this is something he did at working at the auto parts store for extra cash. I mean, this is... But his wife, the guy's wife, she yeah. wasn't taking that baloney. Oh, she, she she got ticked off, and I mean, you can imagine an old black woman heartbroken. I mean, I'm gonna kill her. I'm gonna get her. I'm gonna, and, and it's like, of course, it, it took three grown <laughs> men to hold her. back. Three big grown security guys, police officers, to restrain the wife. This woman, we have reached a point of no return. People are absolutely freaking dumb. This is like the moral relativism that we were warned against back in the 50s and 60s, and everybody poo-pooed it saying, you know, you're all a bunch... And I was one of them. I was one of them when I was younger. I said, you know, come on, you know, it's all good, you know. I'm sick of hearing, oh, we're allowed to burn our entire city down because they have insurance. And then five minutes later, bitching that you can't afford to buy gas or milk. Yeah, I know. You brought that on. Well, you did that. Yeah, I want to focus mostly on this dingbat. Like I said. At least the other one was sorry. I mean, there's not much to say that. But this one, she is just a cold-hearted, cold-blooded, murdering, just... No, I, I, and there's she no will emotion. not be missed, okay? You watch, you watch the video. Her, her lawyer told her to continue to look forward because he didn't want her to engage with you know, the grieving widow. Mm-hmm. And the look on her face is just so smug and so entitled. Like she didn't do nothing wrong. No, this this is not... This isn't uh, stealing a... I keep using that term. Stealing a candy bar from 7-Eleven. This isn't, you know, even getting into a fight with a cop when you're younger or, you know... This you actually took away a valuable human being's life. This guy was contributing to his community. Now you're just going to be contributing to to jail, and I hope you just stay there. And you know, God forgives. I understand that, but that's between you and God. For the sake of the rest of us, your ignorant ass is going to jail. Goodbye. Have a nice one. Am I am I being too harsh? Well, you calmed down significantly, so... Well, you kind of interrupted me mid-rant, and so I just... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to calm you down. No, no. It's uh, all right. My bad. I'll be it's careful. All, it's all right. I mean, I've got, I, what, what, I'm just going <laughs> to stay over here. We've got, what, half an hour, ten... No, ten minutes. Nine minutes, even. All right. So, I, I'm I'm done ranting, but good God, man. <sighs> Ugh. These are the retards that we're, that we're spending tax money on incarcerating. and I think they're just tarted. Mm. All right. Let's not end on a sad note. Okay. Let's end on a tear-joking. Tear-joking? Tear-joking? Tear-joking. How many tears does it take? To, never mind. Here on Counterculture Wise, we may rant, we may rave, but most of all, we go against the current culture because we believe 
to the core of our beings that humans are good and the world is an amazing and beautiful place. At the beginning of our show, we give you news of the weird and wonderful, but that is just the tip of the magnificent iceberg that is our world. We now present news of the wonderfuller. Story. All right. I'm glad we get to end on this story. This is a great story. Okay. This is actually an older story, but we've been sitting on it since we had special ones. And I don't know. You just need to hear this. As the war in Ukraine continued to escalate, the Bezinar family made the difficult decision to leave the country in July. They had to leave everything behind, their business, their home, and even their pets, which devastated their 10-year-old daughter. Man, they must have been moving fast because ain't no way I'd be leaving behind my pets. We could not take any animals that we have, Maria, a mom of three, told CBS News. We asked my brother-in-law to watch over the animals and the youngest one, Agnesa. She was crying every time. She says, I want to go back home. My animals are there. My cats are there. And we couldn't help her. Besnar and her husband, Alexander, first moved to Romania with their three daughters, Eleanor, Agnesa, and Angelina, as well as Besnar's mother. They could only stay temporarily, so they decided to move to the United States. They promised Agnesa they would adopt a cat once they got there. Besnar found a program, UkraineTakeShelter.com. Let me repeat that, ukrainetakeshelter.com, which helps refugees find housing in the U.S., and she connected with Jeffrey Peters in Cloverdale, California. Peters has dedicated his life to working for charities and is now on the board of a fundraising agency for nonprofits. His newest mission was helping a family from Ukraine move to the U.S., can you imagine your life being turned upside down and you have to leave a country you've never left before, ride on an airplane you've never done before, arrive in a new country, learn a language? I mean, it's like starting from scratch, only it's on steroids. It's like everything moving 100 miles an hour. I am curious why they came to the U.S. Peters had a second home for the Vesnars and helped them expedite their move to the U.S., but they arrived a little too quickly. Peters and his wife were on vacation when they got there in July. Whoops. The house is an empty house, he said, so we contacted all of our friends in the community here in Cloverdale, California, and literally they furnished the entire house from top to bottom. Beds for every person in the family, kitchenware utensils and plates. Wow. His grandchildren greeted the family with signs at the airport and drove them to Cloverdale where they saw how generous the community had been, Besnar said, calling the moment unbelievable. I love it when communities come together. Eventually, Peters and his wife arrived home and met the Besnar's and they formed a connection. When we saw them, they became like our father and mother. I call them adopted father, Besnar said. Since coming to the U.S., the family has made many changes. They've gotten their California driver's license. The girls have enrolled in school. The two eldest in junior college and Alexander is working to restart his career selling and installing wallpaper. They even adopted a new cat, but Agnesa still felt one thing was missing. Their beloved cat, Arseny. As Faye would have it, Besner befriended a flight attendant on the way to the U.S. She kept in touch with her and asked her if she knew anyone who could help. I asked her if she knows something about the cats, how cats can fly, and what documents cats need. And she said, I don't really know about this, but my friend, who is another flight attendant from Hawaii, she must know everything about that. <laughs> they should have asked me. I know everything about that. 
or at least my cousin does. <laughs> that second flight attendant knew people who worked for an animal rescue. They contacted someone from the rescue who was already in Europe on vacation. She volunteered to tack on some extra travel to pick up Arseni and bring him all the way to California. She just decided to travel to Bucharest and do everything needed for the cat. And she brought the cat back to Greece and from Greece to Montreal and from Montreal to Seattle and from Seattle to San Francisco. That was a long journey. That cat's seen more travel than most Americans I have. know. <laughs> this time, the Bezener family were the ones waiting at the airport with signs. Welcome home, Arseni. Agnesa cried tears of joy. They left many things behind in Ukraine, but in California, they gained family. We were surrounded by good people. That's a good story to end this on. Wow, this show always goes by so fast. <laughs> it does. It, it does. does. Thanks for those of you hanging out in chat. For anybody who's listening to this show after the fact, make sure you hit all the likes, share, subscribes, feely, feely things to make algorithms do nice things to us for a change. We love you. Can't wait to see you next week. Have an amazing Monday. Counterculture Wise is a Stormcat production. Thank you for joining our growing family of listeners. All links from the show are available on our website, counterculturewise.com. Find our archives on any of your favorite podcast hosts. We engage in satire, commentary, and generally laugh at the ridiculousness of our crumbling society. Our only medical or financial advice is to not follow any financial or medical advice given by podcasters. Our animations, interviews, holy crap segment, and other videos are put out on BitChute and Rumble, and only in part on YouTube because they hate free speech. Our show is entirely funded by listeners like you. Visit our ever-expanding merch store or our Subscribestar, where you can get outtakes, extra videos, and sneak peeks. If you would like to be a guest on our program, feel free to contact us via our website. Just click on the link at the top that says, be a guest on our show. For more fun and cat pics, please visit our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. For complaints about our show, please fill out the ID10T form on our website, and we will give it the attention it deserves. Meanwhile, no matter how cruel the world may be around you, always remember the importance of kindness. Be kind to each other. Be kind to animals. And be kind to yourself. See you, See you next, next week. week.